Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Genuine Chit Chat. This week, I'm once again joined by Alton Wheelhouse. Now, if you tuned in last week, you'll know that Alton is the creator and lead architect of an upcoming tabletop RPG game called Dimensions. So anyone who's a fan of games such as D&D uh, or Dungeons and Dragons, um, you're definitely going to enjoy this chat because this is, even though this is part two of the chat, and I obviously recommend everyone goes listen to part one, uh, this is still an incredibly fruitful chat about RPGs in general, uh, the upcoming game that Alton is creating, um, and loads of other things. Now I want to clarify, there's currently a Kickstarter going on, and I've included a link in the description of this episode for that. Um, so if what Alton talks about sounds like something you'd like to be a part of and you'd like to help fund to help get it created, uh, then be sure to follow that link. I really recommend everyone does it. I've already uh, donated a thing. You can donate quite a low amount, up to quite a high amount, but I'll go into those details at the sort of end outro segment-y thing. Um, but as well as generally talking about dimensions, we also touch on the concept of good and evil, talk about the importance of childlike wonder, as well as the importance of effort, how video games and RPGs can bring people together, mental illness, some of the biggest challenges Alton has faced, what you can have want to achieve through the Kickstarter, as in what Alton wants to achieve through the Kickstarter, and loads of other things. So if any of those sound like something that's appealing to you, be sure to keep listening. Just before the show gets started, there'll be a quick promo for Frank Burton, um, who's the creator of the Ragbag podcast. He's been a guest on the show a couple of times. Uh, and one of the recent episodes we did was actually talking about his book, 100. And that's what the promo is specifically about. So I've included a link that, to that as well. Um, you know, you can listen to free on Bandcamp. You can download the audiobook, you can download an actual, You can buy an actual normal copy. Loads of different things there. So be sure to check that out. Anyway, guys, thanks as always for tuning in. Be sure to like, rate, subscribe, all those usual things you know, well, you probably know how to do by now. Uh, We're on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And as always, I'll be back at the end of the show to give details of upcoming episodes as well as a bit more information and things. So be sure to tune in for that. So as always, guys, thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you all at the end. Hey, I'm Frank Burton from the Ragbag Podcast. I've just published a new novel. It's called 100 and you are going to like it. There was a boy who lived alone in a hundred-story tower block in the dirty city. There was a girl who vomited cash. There was a man who had one of those dreams about having a dream. There was an electrical engineer who was in possession of a rare form of sleepwalking. It's weird, it's wild, it's wonderful, it's in paperback and ebook format on Amazon, but hey, you're audio people. So I've made you an audio book available for name your price that's name your price from frankburton.bandcamp.com that's frankburton.bandcamp.com and i know i'm biased because i wrote it but trust me this is going to Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. Yeah, you know, a lot of people perceive role-playing games as I need to put on a funny hat, I need to use a funny voice, I need to understand all these complex rules, and I have to get into this crazy intense character and... And it it doesn't have to be that. If that's what you want, do it. Have a fantastic time. For 88% of the population or more, that doesn't compute. That doesn't make sense. Don't try to force it on those people. And it's the same thing with rules complexity. It's the same thing with cost and commitment. Give, Give people what they need to be able to experience it in their own way. And we talk about children in the way that they imagine, in the way that they engage with the world. And there's a beautiful thing in having childlike wonder. You don't need to be childish, but you can experience the world and experience problems in a new way through this kind of game. People escape using video games. People escape using Netflix. People escape using D&D. But role-playing games, because of the way that they are positioned allows you to project your problems into this teeny tiny box. And for a couple of hours, you're the hero. You make the decisions. Everything goes your way. And when it doesn't, it's not the end of the world 
because there are no consequences that are going to prevent you from living your life the way that you've always wanted to live it. And so as you engage with that, there are tons of beautiful experiences, both that I've personally had and that I've witnessed, where people have had real meaningful catharsis. People who have been through extreme trauma or who just get the crap beaten out of them all day show up to D&D and, you know, and I apologize. I get a little emotional about this because I know so many people who have benefited and so many people who who desperately need and want this. Um, but for just an hour or two, you get to be the knight in shining armor. And, and that's incredibly beautiful. It is one of those things of some things that a lot of people who aren't gamers don't fully understand. And, and you know, from, I can see it in your face and I think people will be able to hear it in your voice of the true passion that you have for this, not only for you, but for everyone else. And, and that's, that's one of the key things. And I think that's another reason why I think this is going to really make a difference because people will notice the passion from all the um, sort of the podcast tour as you're doing, as well as the Kickstarter and all the things that you're involved with up to the release of the game, as well as once the game's been released, I'm sure they'll see the passion that you have for this, which will, it's infectious. I will say, you know, I'm getting excited to roll up for this as well. And as soon as the podcast's over, I'm definitely getting to that Kickstarter. I was like, I'm pretty certain I was going to. And then literally, as soon as we started talking about this, it's like, yes, I heard the luck thing, something went in my head and I'm like, yep, yeah, Kickstarter, I'm going to definitely sort that out. Thank and, um, I, I genuinely I believe in this. And I, I really do think that this could be something amazing. And what you say about the sort of people and escaping and things, and that is incredibly true. I mean, the gaming community, if we ignore for a moment, there is toxicity in every element of every part of life. You know, you can't have a group of people without someone ruining some things. But hmm. there's so much good that can be done with video games. I've met plenty of friends online who have been very dear to me. I've had incredible experiences with friends where we just play video games for a bit and have such great time. And as you say, you don't need to think about it. You know, me and my friend Reese, we play Smash Brothers like every couple of weeks or so. And it's like when we're playing Smash, we don't think about anything else, you know, and... I mean, I'll use an example of mine um, anecdotally. My father passed away about six year, five, six years ago now. And I remember when that happened, um, obviously it was horrendous and that sort of thing. What I found a lot of solace in was community. And one of the things that kind of gave me a, a um, realization in a sense was I, I had a lot of issues with religion when I was growing up for a variety of different reasons I'm not going to get into. And mm. from that moment, I really realized I was like, oh, the thing that draws people in with religion is the most important thing for me is is community. And with yeah. video games, it's community. And with all these things that are interlinking, and the, the older I get and the more I'm realizing about the world, is what we need more than anything is we don't need these uh, this religious doctrine to hold rules down or any kind of rules in any way to hold people down. We just need ways of getting people together and getting any of all kinds of different demographics who maybe wouldn't mix together for X, Y, Z reason. And this game is the doorway to allow people from all walks of life to hopefully be able to bring this a community together. Mm -hmm. And I, th I think that's incredible to not only the amount of people it's going to help, but they, the amount of moments in time you're going to create of just that, that childhood wonder. Oh, yeah. You know, and we look, at, we look at problems in the world and everybody wants to be the guy who just solves world peace and <laughs> whatever, right? And, and I'm not by any means... <laughs> trying to implicate dimensions as the primary methodology to solve the Middle East or anything like that. <laughs> That'd be great though, wouldn't it, if that was the reason? <laughs> I, I would have no qualms about being the guy who's like, yeah, let me just ship over 10,000 copies and let's watch it all work out. <laughs> you know? but, um, but there is something important to be said, and you started to touch on this a little bit, right? Divisiveness in society uh, is rampant. People spend a lot of time thinking about how they're different and trying to set themselves apart from everybody else. And we make enemies and everything becomes about this competition and everything comes about, it comes, becomes about trying to beat everybody else and be the best and have the best. And I'm in the best group. I'm part of the best thing. And that causes a lot of contention. And we've watched the gaming industry evolve around that psychology over even the last hundred years as people have moved more into this highly competitive, highly uh, um, 
aggressive, really, state. Role-playing games usually are not that way. They're collaborative. They're cooperative. And as I've thought a lot about the psychology, not only in terms of game design itself, but more of an altruistic, how does society work? I I spend a lot of time thinking, in case you couldn't tell. I've, I've come to realize something, which is that creation and destruction in all of its forms, whether that's war or peace or anything else, comes from the same fundamental force, which is dedicated, thoughtful action. We choose to do something and we commit to that path and we make it happen no matter what. The people who give up are the people in the middle who just get thrown about by everybody else. But the people who destroy and rip apart society and are greedy and and pull everything to themselves, not out of an effort to make something more of it, but just to be the guy, they're doing it from a sense of, of concerted effort. They're deciding, they're choosing, they're making it happen. Similarly, the people who are the publishers of peace, to use a religious term, or those who go out of their way to try to create things and become and grow and expand and pull other people in and help them grow and expand. It's the exact same thing. It's concentrated, decisive effort. And one of the key phrases in dimensions, you know, that we've come up with uh, every, every episode and every season and every story arc has general themes. We're trying to make sure that we're very conscious about what we put into the, into the game. There's a phrase, the destinations at which we arrive are always at the end of the paths we follow. Choose wisely. That is beautiful. And, and it, it comes from that foundational idea as we've been struggling with how do we make compelling villains? How do we make compelling heroes and NPCs and make it matter, make the stakes real? It comes down to that same foundational idea. And, you know, now I'm going to jump back into pitch mode that now that I've been so altruistic. Um, as you explore the storyline of dimensions and the interactions that are happening on each of the realms, you're going to find that that is the consistent case. The bad guys, they've chosen their path and they're heading towards their destination, but so are you. And because you're taking the role of the hero, the paths that you choose create the outcomes that affect the entire world, not only through your play experience, but through the things that you discover down the road. And that's a cool, it's, it's, a, it's a cool concept to be able to be a part of and, and watch as we've tested these levels, as people are developing and creating these storylines that we can then weave back into the multiverse. That alone of what you just said uh, from when I finally was quiet and uh, allowed you to speak, that alone, you could almost extract that and that could be its own uh, motivational, fantastic speech. I mean, that that was incredible. And the, I hope people. I'm certain they will be able to hear that the, the true passion that you've got with this, uh, with this project itself. And I, generally, I can see this is going to very much uh, take off on things. And one of the things which you said there that I'm going to pick up on, uh, pick up on specifically, is people do focus far too much on the differences between one another. And in reality, it's the differences between one another which help create everything the way that it goes. You know, for example, this is going to be a terrible analogy, and I'm sorry to everyone, but if you got like, if you want to be able to how you can't just have one person with onset skills. You can't just have an architect because he would design everything and then nothing would get built. You can't just have a construction worker because then you'd have the walls, but then you wouldn't have electricity. You need to have, you know, just for something as in air quotes simple as a house, you need an electrician, you need a plumber, you need an architect, you need a constructor, etc. You need, and then you go into the deeper details, you know, of uh, people who do the insides of wallpaper, blah blah blah, and all these sorts of other things. You, everything that is amazing comes from people with passion, people with vision, and people who allow collaboration. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that's exactly what you're you're doing. And that's also what your game is going to be pushing forward as well. It, it's that, yeah, we're all different. Sometimes people can't help the differences between us. And sometimes people choose to be in a certain way. But that doesn't diminish from their impact on the world or their importance. And it's that's brilliant. Exactly. You know, and, and people view evil as this huge, overwhelming boulder that has just been rolling forever and can never be stopped. 
But the reality of the situation is, is that every action, every outcome starts with a choice. And if we really want the world to get better, we need to be conscious about the choices that we're making. And games enable us to practice being the person that we wish we were. You step out of your own shell for a moment and you know because there are no consequences that are going to affect your life forever, you can make decisions confidently and you can go and you can express yourself and you can be something bigger than what you think you are. But I've witnessed it time and time and time again. The people who sit down and earnestly digest what's going on and let this box be their safe place to take on all of the problems that are going on in their day-to-day life, they step away richer. They step away more complete and they're able to digest their problems in a safe and in an enriching and a a good way. And, you know, obviously, and I've said this in most of my other podcasts too, I've got to feed my family. I got to take my wife to Disney World once a year. It's part (laughs) of the social contract that I have with her. (laughs) But we can build a good product and a good community and be thoughtful about what we're doing at the same time. You don't, it's not a zero sum game. There are things that we can do to build each other and help each other and do good things while still making sure that we're taking care of ourselves. A hundred percent. That's, I completely agree with you on that side as well. And, um, yeah, and it's like you say, obviously, with the community element being so important as well, and obviously, you do have to, you know, make money from this, which is, you know, anyone who would demonize you from that isn't really worth listening to, because, you know, to people, people always want to paint everything with the same brush, and people want to look at everything, you know, it's this, us versus them, and all these sorts of other things, and it's like, most people do actually want to you know do good most people mm-hmm. want to have fun i mean one thing from uh some podcasters that i uh, listen to you know um i think joe rogan i think he said something like this it was like generally speaking everyone wants the same thing you know everyone wants them to have enough money to feed them and their family they want themselves to be healthy they want people to be happy it's just about the perspective and the experience the individuals have had up to that point to see how they get to that means you know how one gets to that and as you say video games i think it's very underestimated i think it's becoming a lot more accepted now especially with games you know like with skyrim and uh, fable things like that uh, role-playing games um once we can make your own decision is a a big part of that Mm -hmm. but also now with other games that aren't to do role-playing like fortnite and other games that are becoming colossally huge and making gaming seem less nerdy i think that it's or making nerdy be okay it's the problem solving aspect of video games is very much understated by anyone who's not in gaming you know not just the you know hand-eye coordination but the problem-solving aspect of it Mm -hmm. and with um, dimensions for example and D&D and things it's going to be problem-solving it's ways to look at things and not just look at it you know way I'd almost describe it is every object can be looked at like it's 2D but that doesn't mean that it is. You know, many objects that are 3D objects, you know, you look at from one angle and it looks like, a, say, a square, for example, but you look at the other side, it's a triangle. And it's those two things are completely different and it's just about perspective. And these games, especially uh, role-playing games, they help build community, they help build problem-solving ability and also uh, socialising, which is one thing I've only just uh, thought of, which is, you know, the stereotype for individuals who play a lot of video games or D&D especially, it's that sort of, you know, the stereotype of the nerd who's socially anxious and can't talk to people, blah, blah, blah. And obviously there are a, a good amount of people who are like that. That's not going to uh, lie and say that there isn't. But what's good about games like this is that it helps people. A lot of individuals, I, I know a fair amount of people who have got severe anxiety and really aren't good at talking to people. But as soon as video games are involved or the, their passions, as soon as they their eyes light up with that spark, mm-hmm. they then, the anxiety washes away and they become that person that they don't think they are, but they want to be. Mm-hmm. And I just think that video games and games such as the one that you're uh, creating and soon to be releasing will be imperative for helping individuals with that sort of thing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean oh yeah 100 percent. you know and it's something i'm not going to go super far into detail on this because it's still in the early stages but we've started talking with mental health professionals about creating 
some modules specifically for therapy hmm. that utilize the dimensions-based system because it's something that you can learn in five minutes and sit down and go. Therapists are already using role-playing to decent effect to help people struggling with trauma and PTSD and things like that. Adding a game element removes you one step further and lets you process everything better. Um, so, you know, again, I'm not going to get super heavy into that. No, that's fine. But um, one of the other cool things that we have an advantage over, say, a video game, in a video game, you have to program every single possible outcome. You can't do something that the programmers didn't put into the game. Dimensions, we've developed this concept in our software called hard nodes and soft nodes. So a node is any time that there's input from the players, usually you're making a decision of some kind, right? And hard nodes are really easy to understand. You're standing in a hallway, there's a door to your left and a door to your right. Those are your choices. Soft nodes, on the other hand, are you're standing in the middle of a cave and you see a treasure on the far side and you can try to cross the rope bridge or you can figure something else out. And the soft nodes are a button that the storyteller can click into, tell us whether the players succeeded or failed at what they tried to do, and leave us a note as to what happened. Which means that if you want to pull an Indiana Jones and pull out your bullwhip and swing across instead of trying the bridge, awesome, you do it. If you decide that this is now sci-fi and you're going to levitate your way across, awesome, you do it. You know, Whatever you want to come up with, you can put into that framework. And as we see all of those notes come in, it's going to be me personally reviewing it for the first year or so, you know, fun times. <laughs> but um, as we see those things come in, if we see consistent patterns, we can program that in as a primary option. If we see that there are options that people aren't taking, we can either remove them or make them more enticing, add additional content behind the door to the right that nobody ever goes through. You know, we can do all kinds of cool things. And make it so that every action that you make is impactful. Every corner of the level that you explore is going to be filled with things for you to find. And at the end of the day, if you want to do something that we haven't thought of, you can take it off the rails as far as you want to go. If a storyteller wants to steer you back to the main storyline, they can. Or hopefully we've equipped you with enough tools that you can just go and do your own thing. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that's... Is another one of the uh, brilliant things about dimensions. Um, I, I must ask as well, what is what do you think has been the obviously the game hasn't actually been released yet, so maybe there's more ones that are still to come. But up to this point, what do you think the biggest challenge has been uh, for yourself as an individual and for dimensions as a game? Huh. So, I think there are a couple of key challenges that we've had to overcome. Mm, go ahead. Uh, the the first one, the biggest one, is riding the line between telling the story and giving you the tools to tell the story. Especially for first-time players who have never played a role-playing game before, we have to have enough meat on the bone that if it's a table of five people who have never played a role-playing game before, there's enough content for them to be able to steer their way through like a choose-your-own-adventure book until they get comfortable enough to start to improvise a little bit and create their own stuff. At the same time, we don't want it to be so prescriptive that there's no where for you to go and it's just reading a novel. Yeah. That's a problem, you know. And so we've had to rethink the way that we write. We have had to rethink the way that we design levels and stories to make sure that the skeleton is there, the muscle is there, but you're able to control every movement. And that's... A, a weird thing. There are words that I thought were common lexicon that everybody understood that as we've tested it a hundred times, I can't use certain words. I can't tell you to ford the river because 30% or so of people don't know what fording a river is. I don't think I know what fording a river is. It's just crossing a river. It's, oh. it's physically stepping into the river to work your way oh, across instead of using a bridge or something else. Okay. You know, and, and again, that's not any fault of you, but as a level designer, as a story writer, etc., it's my job to make sure that I'm clear as to what's going on and you understand all of the options that are presented to you. 
And so that's, that's probably the biggest challenge that we've had to overcome. The second biggest challenge is overcoming a double-sided stigma. Hmm. The first stigma is obviously we're trying to sell a product to people who don't know that they want it. <laughs> so people who have never played a role-playing game before, they're starting. It's becoming part of the conscious social awareness, but dimensions doesn't mean anything, right? So trying to get them to understand the concept and be interested in trying it, that's one thing. The second issue is on the opposite side of the end, we have extremely enfranchised players who are furious with us for trying to simplify their game because they're afraid that we're going to take away everything that makes role-playing special. My, my plea, my message to everybody out there who sits on one end or the other, or fortunately those of you who are in the middle who may commiserate with me, <laughs> is this. Try it. You'll be pleasantly surprised. I promise I'm not gutting your game. And I'm not going to force you to sit down and use a funny voice to be able to make everything work. This is designed to be everybody's game, which is a tricky thing to do. So it's not going to be perfect. This is not a replacement for D&D. But everybody who plays D&D knows somebody who wants to but isn't willing to. And this is the tool that's going to get them between where they are now and where you want them to be. Mm, exactly. And one thing, um, two things I've come to mind, but I'll focus on one at the moment, is um, you, you mentioned earlier in the uh, in the chat about a critical role. Um, and there's quite mm -hmm. a few D&D podcasts are becoming uh, much more commonplace at an incredibly fast rate. I, I mean, before I got into podcasting, I'd never even knew people played D&D and did podcasts. And now that I've uh, been involved in more communities to do with podcasting and more collaborations, etc., I've noticed more and more. And some of my friends listen to D&D podcasts, a critical role being, the, I think, the biggest one. I think Dice Funk is quite a large one as well and um i think gunpowder treason and plot is one of someone i know who puts it as well so there's quite a few different ones uh, about and i can imagine that there's a lot of people who really enjoy the camaraderie uh, aspect of uh, the podcast and the story of the D, D podcast and things like that but they may be, if I use the term nerdy again, they may be a person who isn't generally into anything nerdy. They've just happened to come across Critical Role because they know the voice actors from it and they just really love them. And they've, they've kind of listened to it and they go, I really like this, but none of my friends like podcasts. None of my friends really interested in D&D. None of my friends like this. But my friends and I, we occasionally play a card game or something on, a, on a, the mm -hmm. odd time. And all it will take with this game is almost a peek through a cracked open door into what it could be. And I think almost everyone will see something different in that crack, but it would still get them to open the door. Yeah. And that's what I think is fantastic. That's been my experience too. You know, one of the other taglines we use is if you can count, you can play. I've played with four-year-olds. I've played with, let's see, the oldest I've played with is 72. Oh, wow. Something, somewhere around there. Yeah. You know, and, and again, everybody along that spectrum has had a good time. You're going to be able to find something that you want out of this. We're being very, very conscious about what we build, how we build it, what we're putting into the game. And the features that aren't there on day one are being backloaded to be able to be released as the story grows, as the universe expands, and as our community grows, the things that will be available to you will just grow exponentially as well. The biggest stretch goal that we have on our Kickstarter right now is actually for a creator studio. We've created our own software to be able to program all of our stories in, and we want to turn that public facing. Um, that's a big undertaking right now. It is very rough. It is designed for somebody with a technical background to be able to get in and build what they need to build quickly and efficiently. But as we've been going through the refining process, we're building tools and plugins and a graphical interface that'll make it very nice. And if we can hit that high-end goal, we want to turn that over to you guys by the end of the year so that whether it's in the Dimensions multiverse or some other world entirely, you can build rule sets, you can build campaigns, you can build episodes and tell those stories in a unique and interesting way without needing to spend 15 hours writing down every little thing and a post-it note here and a notebook there. Just all in one place, manage it. Here's the tools you need to go. And, and that's fantastic. And... I was going to say as well is I was going to ask you about the Kickstarter. That was going to be one of my questions of just um, 
well, you've basically answered the question of sort of what's the the big goal because I knew I saw the creator studio thing and I was quite uh, intrigued by that. Um, so one thing I'll, I'll kind of backlog uh, backtrack a little bit and um, about what people get out of sort of role playing games and it's back to what you were talking about with people who've experienced trauma and things like that. And uh, one thing I thought of was that for people who are you know not trying to hit too home with this uh, the trauma things, not saying this is going to you know cure everyone's uh, problems and stuff. But an interesting thought uh, concept is when. When people go through, uh, you know, uh, therapy and things like that, it, it, what one has to try and do with their own mind is there's some, there's a problem in their mind, and going directly to it isn't the solution. So you have to kind of find a different way to find the problem, see what it is, figure out what to do with it. Yeah. With role playing games, what people can do is people's subconscious speak a lot more than people would like to admit and when it comes to video games and when it comes to especially role-playing games i mean i noticed it within myself you know when i um my main character that i played a uh, D with is a as a goliath um what do i call him i call him grognak uh beast skinner natunga beast skinner grognak but everyone called him grog and he was just this big incredibly strong uh, nice guy but he wasn't that intelligent you know but if people insulted him or anything like that he'd, he has a short fuse you know and he was so strong he's a barbarian he has all these resistances and things so he, in battle people could barely even touch him and there's that I only really realised uh, after creating the character and spending quite a lot of time flushing him out I was like that's one of my almost that's that's on me because you know what i spoke about previously with my dad my dad passed away due to cancer and other members of my family have as well in a fairly short space of time around each other and that obviously affected me a lot as when i was younger and one of the things i've thought about a lot is if i ever had a wish or if i ever had some sort of thing apart from you know trying to wish world peace or anything like that i've always thought i'd love to be immortal and a lot of people say they would hate to be immortal for a multitude of reasons and i completely understand why but i've thought i've always idolized people like wolverine and that sort of thing with people who can't be hurt by anything physically you know Mm -hmm. and that's because of what's happened to me in my life and my own without even realizing it i created a character which reflected my own deepest insecurities and my deepest wants almost and Mm -hmm. even acknowledging that myself has actually helped me realize that and help me in myself and i think that with role-playing games that is something that a lot of people do not only in the trauma sense of it but even in the lighter sense of just even without realizing they're doing it in the way that I've kind of noticed I'm doing it, people can play this character. People can play the strong man, play the confident man if they're not. And that will, in a positive way, bleed into their own personality and their own life in the right ways. If you're a socially anxious individual and you don't like being that, but you've got this character who's a white knight in shining armor, who's incredibly uh, you know, charismatic and at the front line and always making people follow him and things, that can really help people in their own sort of lives and things, I find. Yeah, 100%. You know, and the thing is, it starts with finding that that cool idea. You know, so our character cards, the, the primary focus of the Kickstarter is to create our own unique art. We've licensed all of the art that you see on our website and Kickstarter and demo products and things like that. But it's not what we want. We want to be able to create a wide arrangement of art that appeals to a broad range of people. Because I can remember growing up and seeing the iconography, seeing the images of, you know, these clerics and these rangers. And, you know, everybody remembers watching Lord of the Rings for the first time. And there's that one character that always stands out to you, but the person next to you, it's somebody else. You know, and so with Dimensions, we have these character cards that are very straightforward, graphically oriented, so that somebody can connect with that idea and try it out. Put it on, see if it works. If it doesn't work, put it back in the box. There's another character, right? But as you go through those experiences, you start to project yourself into the story. It no longer becomes about being a passive observer, but rather being an active participant. And when you engage that way, you inevitably give up some part of yourself, surrender it to the will of what's going on around you. You know, I mentioned this on uh, another podcast too. Uh, When you sit down to play my game, you have instinctively and without reservation done two things. The first is that I am, you have allowed me into your head. I am flipping switches. I am pulling levers. I am turning knobs And you and I are engaged on a real intimate level. And whatever we say to each other, 
that's going to be stuck there for a long time. <laughs> the second thing is, is that you have intuitively given something up. Obviously, if you buy the game, you've spent money, whatever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you've committed an hour of your life to playing a stupid game and telling a stupid story. And you don't even know if you want to be there, but darn it, you're going to do it anyway. And that means that you've given me something, which means that as the designer, I have a responsibility to you to be conscious about what I'm flipping and twisting and pulling but also to make sure that I give you back more than what you've given me. And when people are dissatisfied with a game, it's because they didn't get anything out of it. They didn't get back what they put in. And that's a frustrating, psychological, miserable experience to say, I've wasted an hour of my life that I'll never get back. So if we can consciously think about what we're presenting to you as the player or the storyteller or whatever else, and you are able to engage with it on your level, see some part of yourself inside the character, inside the story, a problem that can be solved, and you go and you do that successfully, you and I have done something valuable, which is, as we talked about earlier, you've taken a concerted active action. You have decided to do something and you have taken it to completion and done it. And that is a beautiful thing that will enable you not only to enjoy games like this better, but be able to engage in your own life in those ways. Because as you make those conscious efforts, because you've projected yourself into the story, into the character, you're refining those parts of your psyche. Because in the real world, you wake up in a house that's too small, eat a breakfast that you don't want, you go to a job where you get yelled at for eight hours about how you're not good enough, you get off work and the traffic is terrible and your car smells a little bit because you've had it for six years and you just can't afford another one. And so you sit down to play a game. And if we just echo those things back at you, you're never going to change. But if we instead present a different idea and let you engage with that idea in a way that's meaningful to you, the end of your day can do a complete 180. You can be the hero. You can be the problem solver. You can be the boss, the knight, the king, the bard who doesn't have to worry about anything, the wizard who can bend the powers of the universe to his will, the mechanic who can make anything out of anything. You know, all of these options are open to you. And as you project yourself and your problems as meaningful and difficult as they are in the real world, inside this world, you are safe, you are important, and you are able to affect your outcome and be the person that you want to be. Precisely. And, you know, with that in mind as well, it's one thing that people, if, if people haven't really played uh, either video games or especially role-playing games that much, that they won't realize what happens to uh, to your, to one's uh, self is when you get really involved and you start really enjoying it and you, you stop worrying about, you know, this is the th one of the issues with D&D, &D, you know, the first few sessions, if not a, first, a lot of sessions, you're constantly taken out of the immersion by, you know, trying to remember what the rules are, trying to remember what this is. Oh, um... I want to do this. Okay, well, you have to look at this, 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 and this to work out how you can do it. And then you're kind of there and looking at it and you're taking yourself out. But when you're not in those moments, when you've become a lot more literate with the game, and obviously with uh, Dimensions, it will be a much quicker thing for people to get grasp on. When you're immersed in that universe, you don't even think, okay, what would my character do? You, your mind, you, you put yourself in the shoes of the character so well that you actually don't think, what would they do? You're thinking that's me, what would I do when I was playing the Barbarian? I wasn't, for most part, I wasn't in the game thinking, you know, when we were brought to a decision, I wasn't thinking, what's the best thing for the party? What's the best thing for our gaming experience? What do I think Grog would actually do? I'm, I've got my Grog hat on. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking as Grog and it's just, it comes naturally. It, it doesn't have to be a, what would they do? It's, I know what I would do in a sense. Mm -hmm. And one thing with your game is it's going to do, it's going to allow people to get that immersion very quickly. And it's going to allow them to get that almost flow state of imagination and flow state of, I think it will probably help a lot of people with empathy as well, because of, you know, putting yourself in someone else's shoes, a, a character you've created of, 
and putting yourself in their shoes without even having to think about it. It makes it much easier to really sympathize and empathize with other people as well. And I think that's incredibly valuable of you even, even if you created this game, and I hope it does a lot better than this, but even if you create this game and a thousand people play it and love it, and that'd be it. I just think even if those thousand people got in those flow states for a few sessions, that amount is just beautiful in itself of just that amount of enjoyment those moments and those people taking their time out of their day to invest in the game that you've spent i'll say it call it i know it's not necessarily at the moment but life's work almost everything it seems almost of your life building up to this and with all your past experience and like it's incredible of what i believe you're going to achieve and what impact it's going to make with people but also just it must be overwhelming as the the clock gets close to midnight of you know your kickstarter just launched and you know i'll include a link to that below and all that sort of jazz and i'll talk about it in the intro and outro and things but like once this actually done you must get this huge feeling within yourself of just this thing you're creating and this manifesting in your like i will say one other thing and i'll let you talk because i'm going on off one <laughs> um is what i found is when i was creating the character when once I'd got okay, I want to create a barbarian. I want to do this. Once I thought of the two main things, as soon as I started writing the sentence of how I think they're going to go, I didn't have enough paper to write enough about them. I could have written a whole book about Grog and his life and what he thinks about and all these sorts of other things. And you're creating a pocket universe or even a pocket multiverse, literally pockets, but all. <laughs> um, so you know you're doing these things and you're going to allow people to have so many experiences, and that must just be incredibly overwhelming for yourself i imagine as it's coming closer to the time oh yeah you know the reality of the situation is if this reaches as many people as i hope it does i will inevitably disappoint somebody (laughs) and for that i apologize that's why we put in the gold silver and bronze rules so that when you encounter the story that you're like ah, that's really weak you can just go and do your own thing but you know to speak to you and your experience i i i won't pretend to be in your shoes and understand everything that you've gone through. But I know that the biggest desire that our parents have for us is to watch us grow and be happy and be better than they ever were. And that's my hope for Dimensions and for every one of you listening out there. I've been very fortunate and very blessed to be where I am, to have the experiences that I've had, and to have the opportunities that have led me to this project. But when we say the phrase, welcome to worlds without end, I I mean that in every way. My hope is five years from now, I'm going to be going to conventions and meeting some of you for the first time, and that you'll be able to tell me the stories that I could never think of that you'll be able to have the moments where you sat and you laughed and then you sat and you cried and you were able to see the world in a new way and experience things through a lens that I can't comprehend because as you succeed, you lift everybody else with you and I can think of no greater calling in life than, sorry, I apologize. You do not need to apologize. This is absolutely wonderful. And it's it's beautiful that you are so invested in this and how passionate you are and how much this means to you and how much you can see that this could potentially mean to other people. Oh, yeah. And and it's amazing. You know, this rule set, it's so simple. You guys are going to sit down, you're going to see it, and especially those of you who have been playing games for years, you're going to laugh at how stupidly simple it is and think to yourself, what could this possibly be, right? Um, And how could nobody have done this before? But it's not about the rules. It's not about the numbers. These are facilitators to enable you to go and do those things that you've always wanted to do and and that I know that you're capable of doing. I personally suffer from a couple of mental disorders. I've been on the edge before and I've lost friends to that battle. I've also 
seen people who have been in the depths of it, the throes of it, who have been able to engage with D&D or Pathfinder or GURPS or, you know, Shadowrun or any other number of games. And, and even outside of traditional role-playing games, we talk about video games, we talk about music and movies and comic books and novels. And, you know, we, we find those things upon which we're able to project ourselves and if we can allow that to be a sacred, important moment for us to process our own world and feel and react and then let it go and move forward, we are able to engage with ourselves in a meaningful and real way. And then once that moment's gone, we still have the beautiful game to be able to continue to play and just have fun and hopefully bring that experience to somebody else. And not every person out there is going to have a deeply meaningful, important experience, but I guarantee somebody listening now will. And to that person, thank you. You know, thank you for giving us the chance and for giving yourself the chance. Never feel like you're alone because you're part of a community that is so much bigger. The role-playing games community in particular is one of the most wonderful, diverse communities that I've ever had the opportunity of participating in. And I hope that this is a vehicle to grow that community and take it to the next level. And I think that is an absolutely beautiful way to end the podcast. I think, you know, the amount of passion that you're showing for this project on itself without even looking at the product itself or anything like that. I think the passion that you're showing should be enough to turn people's heads. And I think that truly this game, this universe, this the thing that you're creating, I genuinely believe this, you've really tapped into something and you are going to be Comic Con in years to come. You'll be there. And I'll, when you come to England, I'm no doubt I'll be in the crowd and I'll see you and I'll be like, I chatted with him before he became famous, before he became gigantic and huge and things like that. I'll, I'll remember. But, you know, is there anything else you'd like to add just uh, before we sort of finish up here? Uh, just, you know, I got to do my do my due diligence for myself and the people who are building this. Uh, check us out. Give it a try. It's an hour and it's less than you'll spend on any other role playing game in the world. If it's not something you like, that's okay. Send me a message. Let me know what worked and what didn't. And in the future, I will do everything that I can to build something that makes sense for you. But try it because I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what you find. And welcome to Worlds Without End. And um, That's fantastic. And we'll, we'll end it there. So, Alton, it's been truly a pleasure to speak with you and i can't wait to see not only what happens with yourself as an individual but also what's going to happen with dimension of the future because i think it's going to be an incredible journey for you thank you and it's been a pleasure to chat with it's you been a pleasure to meet with you as well and that's the end of the podcast thanks as always for tuning in guys um as we've been discussing in the podcast, both in part one and part two, this is obviously for a Kickstarter for Dimensions. It's not actually quite out yet. So if you, anything we spoke about sounds something appealing to you or you hear the passion in Alton's voice and you really want to just help him out in any way you can, um, there's a link to the Kickstarter in the description. Um, there's several levels of the Kickstarter. You can donate as little as like $2 all the way up to like, I think you donate like a 10000 or like $100,000 or something ridiculous and you can become like a god in the game and all kinds of craziness. I I imagine most people listening to this aren't don't actually have the kind of money that will be able to just frivolously throw away you know tens of thousands of dollars. But you know it's there's a huge amount of things on Kickstarter. If anyone's seen Kickstarter before, you know the general drill. Um, I've donated a sort of a mid level, so I get like the the game um, with all the cards. I get a special dice set, and I get uh, one of the characters as well, like a bonus character or something like that. Um, so. You know, I really believe in this project. It's one of the other reasons why, you know, a friend of mine recommended out and I looked into it a lot more and he really, really inspired me. I listened to a podcast he was on. I saw one of his Ask Me Anythings on the Dimensions Facebook page. And genuinely, I think this could be something huge. So even if you don't sort of want to put any money for it, which is completely fine, if you agree with me in any way and you think this sounds like it could be something, please try and help out and out, either by spreading by word of mouth or by sharing and things. Obviously, sharing the podcast would be great and help me out as well, but even if you just share Dimensions page out or anything like that, try and get this moving a bit more. Um, I know we're a little bit into it and um, Dimensions is currently, I think, on target as sort of the way it's going, but any additional people to help would just make the game even better and I know it would be 
mean a huge amount to Alton and his whole team. So, you know, go check that out. Coming up in the next few episodes, um, I haven't fully decided what I am releasing next week. Um, I am pretty tempted to release the uh, We Fix Space Junk episode of, um, well, the, the two part one of the two-part interview with uh, Beth Crane of We Fix Space Junk. I'm pretty tempted to do that, so I think I probably will. Um, I've got another two-part chat with um, Rochelle Lawson. She's a, a life coach. A, well, she's a well, a well-being person. She's she's got a finger in many pies really if, if i just list them all off it's going to be uh sort of disingenuous and doesn't gonna it's not going to help her in the right way and she's got a podcast as well so i think i'll be releasing that one a little bit down the line um what did i do a podcast i'm pretty certain i did a podcast the other day no i was going to do one yesterday but it got rescheduled so i'm doing it next week now uh, and then the week after that i've got i'm sure i'm on show uh, the week after that i'm on someone else's show and um they're on mine i think so that's coming up and then i've got a few more podcasts lined up each week uh and, and in the whole of june i think i've got one a week one a week god i'm doing a terrible job at this outro thing i don't even really know what i'm talking about i'm pausing constantly and i'm messing up but i'm not going to change it because as any regular listeners know i try and make the intro sound quick and compelling and interesting as possible obviously the middle of, of everything is just the chat and then the end of this is just me rambling on and talking nonsense so apologies for any of you new listeners who expect some sort of fruitful nugget of information coming this way at the end it's just me kind of rambling on I'm not usually editing anything i really say at the end uh not cutting out the pauses and the ums and ahs or anything like that uh and yeah just rambling on really um so yeah, I think that's all what's coming up. Um, as I always say, guys, you know, follow us on the social media places, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Twitter I use primarily for sharing other people's stuff, you know. Um, I do always post new episodes on there as well as the snippets. But Instagram's generally the best place to find me. You know, you can look, check out my story and I occasionally post on there what I've been up to. Um, as of recording this, I went and saw Detective Pikachu, the movie, um, today. Uh, that was pretty fun, pretty cool movie. I think I'll be putting a review up for that on Monday, maybe tomorrow. I don't know. I don't want to hold myself to that just in case I don't do it. Um, but on Instagram, I do movie reviews. of. I go to cinema fairly regularly, so I quite often do reviews of new films. I do little reviews of other things, like I finished Gavin and Stacey a little while back. So, so I'm planning on doing a little review for that because it's such a huge show and I'm British and should have really watched it by now. But still, you know, I'm watching The Good Place at the moment. I'm re- going to be re-watching Rick and Morty before Series 4 comes out. You know, just these little things of just I post movie reviews. I post generally things I'm doing and just usual Instagrammy stuff as well as snippets of the show. So, you know, I'd always recommend people subscribe to the show. And if you don't like an episode when it comes up in your feed, just remove it. It helps me out it being downloaded. But if, you know, it also shows that some of the episodes that are kind of come up may pique your interest because obviously every episode is with a different guest relatively speaking uh and it's generally i quite i try and keep the subjects quite different I, I don't try and have too many ones close together that have the same subjects and things so you know that's basically it i'm now going off on one once again so i, I really appreciate each and every one of you listening right until the very end and i love each and every one of you so i'm gonna go now and throw this out there so i hope you all have a great week and i'll talk to you next week